You're listening to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. This is episode number 190, Wellness Training, A Path to Empower. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Welcome to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. My name is Dave Stahoviak. And my name is Sandy Morgan. And this is the show where we empower you to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in ending human trafficking. Sandy, every time we get together, we are either having a conversation ourselves or we're bringing in a conversation with a partner, someone else in the world who is doing some incredible work on helping us to end human trafficking. And we've had so many amazing partnerships and conversations that have emerged over the years. And this conversation is going to be similar, right? That's right. I am so glad to be able to welcome to the show today, Ramona Berganza. Ramona is a celebrity trainer and global fitness expert, and maybe most known for sculpting hot Hollywood bodies, including that of Jessica Alba's and Halle Berry's, but also for her love of fitness and her quest for excellence that has facilitated the transformation of hundreds of people's bodies and attitudes worldwide. Recognized as one of the top personal trainers in the world among the entertainment industry, Ramona has worked as Jessica Alba's personal trainer for over 12 years and continues to train many other celebrities. Ramona has over 30 years in the fitness industry and has contributed editorial content to a dozen magazines, including Shape, Marie Claire, Men's Health, Allure, Fit Pregnancy, and many others. She is also a regular contributor to the Huffington Post, and she has established 321 Empower, a North American-based nonprofit organization with a goal of providing real-world education and skills training in the health and wellness sector to young female survivors caught in the vicious cycle of India's sexual exploitation and trafficking business. Ramona, we are so glad to welcome you to the show. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. And thank you very much uh, to Dr. Sandy Morgan and to you, Dave, for having me here. Well, we're excited about what you're doing. And let's start off with what exactly is the 321 Empower nonprofit that you've started? Well, it's a passion project that I've started working with girls in India, and it takes girls that have been saved from trafficking and helps to transform their lives through fitness. So I empower them on a personal level, and then I also manage to give them some job skills for a growing fitness industry. It's a $1.8 billion industry currently in India that's mostly dominated by male fitness trainers. So one of the things I want our listeners to pick up right away that I love about talking with you is you start right out with the business model. You're not just about, oh, we want to do something to help the girls, but you've done your research. And when we want to do something to help survivors, we have to have more than just passion. We have to have some expertise. And you bring a lot of expertise. Tell us just a little bit about your background in wellness and fitness. Sure. I actually started as a gymnast when I was very young, and I grew up in Canada. My parents are from India. And for me, I grew up in a small town that was very, there were very few minorities. And so I found gymnastics as a real help 
in my own empowerment. And through the gymnastics, it led me to do some dancing. I became a cheerleader with the NFL. And then I went on to do fitness, strength training, and a lot of the fitness competitions. So my own personal journey with exercise, is it's completely formulated who I am. And having dealt with adversity, it really helped empower me. And as my life continued, fitness evolved into becoming a fitness trainer. I ended up having Jessica Alba as a client and went on to start my own fitness company in Canada. And during that time, I managed to make a trip back to Mumbai, where my parents are from, be a part of the fitness industry there. And I recognized a real need in in an industry where girls aren't necessarily treated as they're treated here in the United States and Canada. So that really empowered me to do something about it. And my own wellness journey led me to this cause. All right. I love how you call that a wellness journey because we're recording this in January and lots of us start out the new year with goals for um, diet, nutrition, and exercise, and how many miles we're going to walk every day. And so this journey concept is is a powerful image. But let's look at how you chose to do this in India. You have the your own personal connection. But on your website, you talk about the problem. And you say that there's almost 20,000 women and children who are survivors of human trafficking in India just in the year 2017, up 25% from the previous year, according to the Thompson Reuters Foundation. And child survivors make up 40% of India's prostitution industry. And for people who know me, using the word child and prostitute in the same sentence is just an oxymoron. Children don't Mm -hmm. make decisions to sell themselves. So with this whole idea of eradicating trafficking, vulnerable people need to have opportunities to escape that cycle. And what you're doing is a training program that would allow them to succeed. And so let's talk about what you're doing there. And let's, first of all, give a little bit of background on the organization that you're working with, Prerana, is that right? Yes. Yes, correct. Tell us Karana. about that. Sure. I'll give you a little bit of an idea of how this all came about. As I landed in, in Mumbai, where my parents grew up, and my mother actually grew up in an area called Mahim, there's a lot of poverty there, but her family actually was able to afford an apartment. So six children grew up in an apartment, and at the age of 13, she lost her mother and her father uh, within three months of each other, and the children were almost given up for adoption in the various orphanages. So there is a huge problem with just children in India not having homes, and it can be because of hardship or poverty. And Prerana is an agency that actually works within the red light district called Falkland Road, and they have a center where they take the children of many of the young girls that are working as prostitutes in that area And these young girls, by the way, aren't willingly working there. They've been trafficked from small villages, sold by their families, or coerced to work in the big city and with a promise of receiving money for the family. So these young girls are 
kept in this Falkland Road area, and I actually visited the area just to visit Prerana. So I was taken walking down through this red light district, which is probably scarier than any movie set I've ever been on. It was very dark and very dirty and very, you could just feel the the bad energy in that area. And these young girls are kept either in cages or in back rooms. And it's just, I didn't see any of that, but I could feel it in the air and it was very scary. And so Prerana is located in the middle of this area. They take the young babies and give them a place to stay in the day and at night when these girls are working. And so these are the children that are then growing up in a vicious cycle. If they weren't saved, they would be part of this environment. And so these children are then taken off to a safe house at the age of two or three, and then they grow up in the safe house. And I visited the safe house. It's called Nauni Hall, and it's on the outskirts of Mumbai. And that's where the program is being implemented because these girls are now eight to 18 and they need to have job skills for them to live independently. So when you started this, you were dreaming of what an eight-year-old might be able to achieve 10 years from now. Yes, I saw the girls and I thought these girls could be anybody's daughter, anybody's sister. They're girls that should be given a chance and exercise worked for me in my life. So I thought, let me just give them a fitness class and exercise class. And they took to it so well, they really wanted me to come back and give them more. So really it bloomed into the idea of turning them into fitness trainers while I was actually just exercising with them. So you started out working with them and coaching them really as a trainer in wellness and fitness. And we listened a little bit to your own personal history. And I want to know just a little bit more about how you became a certified fitness trainer. Sure. I think in my journey, it was experience-based. It went for eight years as a, as a competitive gymnast. So naturally, you learn skills, you learn focus, you learn mental skills, actually, to keep you very on track. And then from there, the dance world opened up. So that was a lot of aerobics and dance movement. And then I went into weight training for fitness contests. So my whole journey has been developing skills that I use now in my program when I train a client in Hollywood when I train a new mother, when I train the girls in India, it's the same skills, but it's, it, it it is something that I'm passionate about and I do every day. So I feel like even though I have certifications, it's not that, that I'm relying on. It's more of an internal intrinsic love for exercise. And the idea of using that passion for a career journey Tell us how you implemented that as a business model that now you can transfer to survivors. Well, I was given an opportunity to work with a young actress. She was 18 years old, and it was Jessica Alba. And really, it was luck, or it was being in the right place at the right time, or it was the fact that I showed that I really enjoyed what I did. And I think that's important. If you love what you do, then naturally you attract a lot of good energy. So I was given an opportunity to work with her, which turned into 12 years of being her trainer. I had no real desire to be a trainer. I really wanted to be some entertainer. 
And it worked out very well because from there I started a fitness company and there is a fitness trailer involved that works on a lot of big movies. So I built the trailer and then I have DVDs and all that. And now I'm hoping to be a motivational speaker for, I think a lot of people and you, and I listened to one of your podcasts on adversity and resilience and exercise it really does something for us mentally, physically, emotionally. And I see it working with the girls in India and I know it can work with girls in Canada and the U S I've, I've trained a couple girls in Canada who are in my hometown and I've seen a change in two sessions in there, how empowered they feel. They feel much stronger and I think they can face resilient, you know, become more resilient, face adversity when they're, physically more empowered. Okay, so tell us what happens from the time one of the girls says, I want to become a physical trainer, then how will her career start? Well, if they're in India, which uh, is where 321 Empowers funds are sent to, they would become part of the process of the you know learning business skills or perhaps opening a gym in their home where they can open it to the neighborhood women a lot of women are not familiar with exercise and it starts out with a very simple aerobic program or yoga or anything like that. And these girls will have the skills to teach this. So in an environment, it's a group training environment and I plan to mentor them the whole way. I have a trainer in India on the ground that goes weekly to teach them new skills, to get them into a program and the three, two, one workout, which is what I teach has cardio circuit training and core work. So they'll learn all of that and be able to run a class. Okay, so now um, now you have yeah. to translate for some of us who are maybe lead a little bit more sedentary lives. So let's go back to three, two, one. So the first part is, tell me again, cardio? Cardi- cardio, which is anything that raises your heart rate, some sort of dancing, some sort of boxing movement, some sort of running on a treadmill, which in India right now we don't have treadmills. So in place, running around the room, It's just something to elevate your heart rate so that you can, you know, support your heart and lungs. And then the circuit training is really strength training with weights, which currently we don't have weights. So we have water bottles. We have any kind of weighted books or anything like that. And because that actually increases your strength and muscle growth and just even body weight is fine. So we'll do push-ups on the ground, something like that. And I have girls that could never do a push-up and now can do 10 push-ups. So that really makes me excited when I see that. (laughs) And then we have core, which is obviously the center of your body and for functional movement, it's very important. So we'll do planking, things like that. And they aren't familiar with any of these movements. They've never used their body in a way to gain strength. It's always been an abusive situation. So it's very exciting to see them connecting with their bodies in a different way. Well, and it's so good to hear the way that you describe this physical fitness and and wellness and the link to empowering for very vulnerable women and children and how that might actually build their self-esteem as they are more connected to the strength. And that has a lot of validity in a lot of the studies on resilience. So it's exciting to listen to your plans for that. My question is, then, as a business model, 
will they be able to support themselves as a trainer? They will because industry, uh, the fitness industry in India has small gyms, they have large gyms, they have private clientele. There's a huge middle income currently happening in places like Mumbai where there are mostly women that are looking to start exercising. And when these women attend these large gyms, they're only male trainers and they're not comfortable with having males in that close of a proximity that it's part of their culture. And I feel that having more female trainers is really something that's needed. And whether it's these girls I work with or other trainers, my goal is to increase female trainers in India. I think it's something, the time is right and it's calling for it. And it's an industry that I feel I can help because of my Indian roots. I guess the thing I struggle with is Hindi is not my first language, Uh but I have a lot of trainers and actually the girls will be required to learn English and many of the jobs are in English. So So this will be another aspect. Yeah. You identified a market need and the part that's really, I love it. It feeds back to the whole idea that this is a journey and it's partly a journey that you've created a path forward for these girls. In 2014, you were given an award in by Vogue. Is that right? Yes. In India. Mm-hmm. Indi- Vogue every magazine. Vogue yeah. has a cover in all kinds of different nations. So it's not just for our listeners here in the US. So India has its own. Tell us about that award yeah. and what that means for changing the landscape for women. It means that it's a very recognized fact of life now in India. And I actually went and released my first book in India through HarperCollins. It was called Feel Fit, Look Fantastic in 321. And the goal was to really define Indian body types and Indian diseases. I'm genetically predisposed to many things like heart disease and diabetes. There's a big problem of that in India. So a lot of the exercises were geared towards that. So when I released that book, I was also recognized by Vogue's, uh, Vogue magazine in India for the Fitness Expert of the Year in 2014. And it's just continued since then. Every time I'm, I go over at least three times a year to promote exercise and fitness, and they have a lot of conventions now. And so it's a growing industry, and I think it's just lacking in one area, and that's something I can do something about So I'm hoping to have some help with structuring a business plan. And I really lead from my heart. And and I know that experts like you and many people in the world can help me grow this idea into a viable position for girls in India. Well, when I was reading through your website, and this really captured my imagination, because at first, I mean, looking at the number of magazines that you've been published in, and they're magazines that I don't usually read. They're, you know, very glamorous and Hollywood. And a lot of your clientele has been very celebrity based. And yet here you are as a fitness expert addressing issues like your own understanding of the predisposition to certain illnesses and addressing how fitness counters those things. So it's, it's very holistic in your approach. And I really applaud that. 
Yeah, thank you very much. I think being from um, the East in many ways, and in my lifetime, I haven't addressed being Indian enough and realizing that that's a whole half of me that I need to get to know better. And there's something I can do with all of the experience I've had in the West. There is now a global shift and it's important that we reach out to people who, who need our help. And so I see these girls and I think of my mother and she could have been one of these girls and our journeys are meant to be enriched and, and evolving. So I'm hoping this is a new venture and that I have some great help along the way and that we can help the girls there and here because here as well, I feel girls could benefit greatly from fitness in a part of the program in their recovery. You're actually going to launch a a stateside based headquarters, if you will, but some sort of a part of this. Tell us about, because I'm involved, (laughs) tell us about what's happening on February 9th. Sure. We're having our first U.S.-based fundraiser, and you, I'm so grateful for your help to be uh, our keynote speaker at the event. It's called Fitness, Foods, and Financial Freedom, and it's an empowering event for the attendees to learn about exercise, and I'm presenting a very easy fit into your lifestyle exercise program, not a Hollywood boot camp. (laughs) So it's much more instructional. There'll be a food segment and uh, with a chef from New York City who works with celebrity clientele. And then we also have a financial speaker, but you'll be speaking, I, I believe, about a very important topic, resilience. And the whole event is really to help raise funds for the India Project and raise awareness for what's going on locally in Orange County and and in the U.S. And it's not just in India, this problem. And I think we need some awareness and we need to be talking about this. So thank you for your collaboration on that. And so grateful we went to Vanguard's Priceless event (laughs) to meet you, Dr. Morgan. Oh, it was wonderful to have you there and to get this connection and to learn about what you're doing. So that's going to be for listeners that hear this in time. It's on February 9th in Huntington Beach, and you can go online to get tickets to that. And we'll put that link and we'll post it on our Facebook and other social media as well. What I really want people to take away from this is the innovation and the journey aspect. Over and over again, I get calls, people make appointments just to come by my office and talk to me about how can I get involved. And what you've done, Ramona, is start right where you are with the expertise and skills you already have, and you're really going to make a difference. And I just want to applaud you for that. Thank you very much. It's a long journey, but it's an exciting one because it has a very good cause involved. So So for the future of 321 Empower, what is your vision and goals for the next year? Well, for the next year, I want to build awareness that this program is a valid program in the recovery portion when girls are rescued. So I will continue to fight for it and make uh, some appearances. I I believe I'll be appearing on 
it's called California Live in the next few weeks and Extra wants to do a segment. So really it's the visibility of this great cause that 321 Empower stands for. It's changing girls' lives through the world of fitness, through the world of exercise and wellness. And whether it's motivating them through yoga or boxing or whatever, movement really can empower them. And so that's my hope for the next year, just to keep building on this brand that started. And I want to thank all my board members because they put a lot of time into it. And so that's kind of my goal for the next year, just raise awareness. So if people want to connect with you, how can they reach you? Sure, they can go to the website and there is a page on there for uh, connecting, or you can go ahead and email me info at ramonabraganza.com. Any kind of question about 321 Empower. Say, say your email yep. address slowly. Okay, it's info at ramonabraganza.com. Okay, and the website is 321Empower. Okay. .com. Okay. So we'll put links to that, but some of our listeners are driving. And so they remember later to go back to find those websites. And if you're listening to this and you think, oh, but I don't, I don't do exercise. I don't do this. I don't do that. But what we all do and what we all have in common is a passion to make a difference. That's why you're listening to Ending Human Trafficking. And so we want you to figure out how you can become involved right where you are doing something that uses your skill set. Not You don't have to learn a new skill set. You can take what you are and do something and make a difference. And Ramona, I just am so impressed with how you have figured a way forward that is going to transform lives, not just in India, but I'm sure here as well. And I I want to personally invite you to attend Ensure Justice just a few weeks after your event. And I'll make sure that you and your team meet all of our great presenters at Ensure Justice March 1st and 2nd. And Our listeners, the website to register for that right now and still get the early bird rate is insurejustice.com. So I want to thank you very much for spending time with us this morning. And I look forward to watching 321 Empower grow. Thank you very much, Dr. Morgan. Thank you so much, Ramona and Sandy. Uh, Sandy, just such an incredible partnership that has established. We talk so much about partnership on the show. And if you, like us, are really wanting to engage and to think of ways you can utilize your skill sets in order and your experience in order to help us end human trafficking, I invite you as well to take that first step. And the first step may be just to discover a bit more, as we say on the show, always studying the issues so we can be a voice and make a difference in ending human trafficking. And if you'd like to take that first step, uh, hop online at our website at endinghumantrafficking.org. It'll give you an opportunity to download a copy of Sandy's book, The Five Things You Must Know, a quick start guide to ending human trafficking. It will teach you the five critical things that Sandy has identified that you should know before you join the fight against human trafficking. You've heard many of those five on these episodes, but you can get instant access just by going to endinghumantrafficking.org. And as Sandy mentioned, the Insured Justice Conference is coming up March 1st and 2nd, 2019. 
early bird rates are still available just for a bit. Go over to insurejustice.com in order to find out more. And Sandy, we will be back again in two weeks for our next conversation. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, everybody. Take care.